0: Hello and welcome into another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. We have a jam-packed show for you today. We are going to get you caught up on the Emmys with some highlights. We're going to talk about what's popping in movie news. And we are going to be reviewing Ad Astra this week. And because of Ad Astra, we're going to be jumping into the top five space movies. Let's do it. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. I am your host, Cam. With me, as always,
1: is Kirk. Hello, hello.
0: And we have got a jam-packed show for you. As I said, we had the Emmys last night. We had, uh, this weekend, Kirk and I saw Ad Astra. Brad Pitt. Which means to the stars, for those of you that aren't brushed up on your Latin.
1: That's key, because I did not know that before the movie. And at the end of the movie, I'm, I'm like sitting there saying what does Ad Astro mean? You're like, what does it mean? You know that there's a scene in um, Family Guy where he's like sitting in the theater and, and they say it. They say the title of whatever movie and he jumps <laughs> up he's like, they said it, they said it. Yeah. I can't do that voice. But anyways, yeah. I was waiting for them to say Ad Astro, explain it. It means to the stars. You're welcome. That's everybody.
0: right. That's right. It means to the stars. We're going to be doing top five space movies, mm-hmm. which felt like a small category at first. Like I was even, I was even saying like, I don't even know that I've seen that many space movies. I've definitely not seen some of the hallmark space movies, but it's a huge category big because if you get into sci-fi yikes, please, there's a lot going on. Um, so it's going to be a really fun show, not to mention what's popping. There's some, there's some weird stuff, some weird movie news we have to get caught up on, but I want to start with the Emmys Kirk. Okay. Did you watch the Emmys?
1: I did not watch the Emmys. Here's, okay, neither did I. Here's why I didn't. Yeah. No- normally, I watch like every award show. Normally, I record them and I play them back. I fast forward through the awards that I don't really care about. Yeah. But I Like I'm best moving.
0: hair and makeup on a limited series. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Something like that. That's exactly yeah. what I
1: skip over. Um, but because I moved, I don't have TV yet. Oh, sure. So it's tomorrow. I get TV tomorrow. Oh, well, congrats. Thank you. That's gonna be a big day. Back to life. Yeah, back to reality. So that's why I didn't watch it. I would have otherwise. Why didn't you watch it?
0: Um I never watched the Emmys. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like everyone. Because <laughs> uh what, like seven million people
1: watch the Emmys? Six point nine million that's, people. That's horrible. Yes. That's a
0: very small amount of people, considering. And you have to figure a lot of those people were watching for the fashion or just had it on in the background you know mm-hmm. so like how many people were actively watching the emmys
1: maybe two million yeah
0: yeah so i mean i i almost never watch the emmys i don't know what it is because i do consume a fair amount of television i think for me i watched i've, I've probably watched a few different i've, I've watched a couple emmys like here and there and i always feel like the shows that i like don't win Last night was like no exception to that. It was like the same thing.
1: Um, Yeah, absolutely. There was even one of our listeners commented, shout out Stephanie, said that as she was watching, she said, I don't, I don't know any of these shows. I don't watch these shows.
0: Yeah. And like, I wouldn't go as far as to say that the shows that won are bad just because I don't watch them. But like, I watch some shows that I know are like world-class good, Mm -hmm. Barry, Succession, Barry, I mean, Barry won some stuff, Succession didn't win much that i saw i i thought it should have been best drama series so we'll get into that a little bit but i mean ultimately like i'm certain that fleabag is good everybody's raving about it so i I mean i'm not talking about the stuff like that but it just seems like the stars don't align i mean there's so much content right so again it's like the stuff that i have missed is always the stuff that wins right and so i'm i'm like eh Okay, I'll go in a different direction. I don't mm-hmm. need to watch it. I'll read. The, I'll read the articles afterwards. Right. Um, so if you're like us and you did, and you didn't watch the Emmys, we will get you caught up so that you can at least talk about it a little bit. If anybody, if anybody is talking about it, because again, not that many people watched it. But um, here's a name, Kirk. Okay. One that you may not be super familiar with, Phoebe Waller Bridge. Mm-hmm. She's like insane. She's got, she's like this multifaceted, multi-talented person that I had no idea was a thing.
1: Okay, tell me about her. I heard, I've seen her name. Tell me what's going on. Yeah, she's
0: a director, writer, actor extraordinaire. So, she she wrote the show Fleabag, which is like the talk of the town. This was its second season. The second season was supposed to be incredible. It beat out Barry, which I think is a big deal. Because I think, if you've been talking to anybody about TV recently, they've probably mentioned Barry at some point. Barry's hugely successful and very 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 good um and so it caught my attention she also stars in fleabag so she writes in it she stars in it she's directed some episodes if not all of them um i didn't actually check but i saw that she was like also nominated for directing she writes on killing eve which is a show that like wins a lot of awards at these things so big win last night as well Killing
1: Eve won as well as fleabag right
0: right so she's she's a big deal and i mean you know the reason i bring that up besides the fact that she deserves all the credit that's due for her amazing performance last night is that whenever these kind of things happen, you see them start to get scooped up by the major studios, you know, like you see them start to pop up in movies and stuff. So Phoebe Waller bridge is a, a name to keep an eye on for sure. Definitely. All right. We also had uh, game of Thrones game of Thrones. This was its final chance to win. It was veeps final chance to win. Both of them had their final season uh game of thrones was successful in their endeavor they won best drama series and veep was not veep actually got um shut out which was i think had to be a first did we did <laughs> we did really good research on this <laughs> <Kirk>. <laughs> i'm just making up facts yes so. i think that's
1: correct cameron as i go to the statistics board in our Th- whiteboard nearest thanks
0: man yeah thanks for backing <laughs> me up there but i mean no. veep veep always wins stuff
1: always I like jul Julie
0: louis julia louis dreyfus wins
1: like Every, every year time. pretty much every year the only times that she really hasn't won was that um rachel brosnahan actually beat her out yes. a couple times twice in a row but not and then not this year so right. it was shocking to see that happen with veep but mm-hmm. exciting for who was it who beat out veep oh i think it was uh it was the fleabag chick oh, phoebe, Wall- okay, <laughs> phoebe waller bridge yeah so <laughs> of
0: course uh congrats to her and game of thrones yeah let's talk about that yeah because like so I I've watched quite a bit of game of thrones. I'm not all the way caught up, but I know everything that happened. I'm that annoying person. Cause I want to be able to talk to people about it. Sure. So I, I know just enough about game of thrones to be dangerous. Like I've watched four seasons. Um, and so the, the consensus about this season, I, I at least I feel, and you probably experienced something similar is that people kind of hated it. Yes. Like the critics didn't love it. It was its lowest rated season of the year on rotten tomatoes by far. Um, And most of the people didn't like it. Like, people were signing petitions and stuff saying that they they didn't like the ending of the show and they wanted them to redo it and all that stuff. So I was a little bit surprised, especially since there were some heavy, heavy hitters in the drama category. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, Succession's going to win. It's a done deal. Mm -hmm. But no, Game uh, Game of Thrones won.
1: Yeah, I wonder if there's some of that seniority, last hurrah choice that goes into the voting some of the sometimes with these yeah maybe it was like we want history
0: to remember game of thrones as one of the great shows of all time which i would say is something that it's probably earned right i mean it was it was the show yes like if they do i love the 2010s or something like that on vh (laughs) one you know they do like i love the 90s or whatever oh they will this will be on there (laughs) And, and game of thrones will be all over that like i think you know like our kids and our kids kids if they if they talk about tv shows from this era game of thrones will be on that list because it was a massive deal Yep. i mean like those sunday nights during this season when the episodes were on you, twitter was all game of thrones mm-hmm. didn't matter who you're following everything was game of thrones
1: right and like everything else shut down it's like sorry restaurants and bars everyone had to yeah, go home no, to everybody, watch the everybody's show. watching
0: it yeah i mean i knew people who just like had FOMO to such an extreme level that they had to watch, like never had watched the show and were like, well, I'm just going to pick it up like season seven or eight. I think it was what eight. I don't know. I don't know which number, like final season episode four out of six. (laughs) I'm just going to watch like, what? That makes no sense now. But it was such a cultural phenomenon that like you just had to be a part. So I don't know. I, I mean, I was, I was definitely surprised by that but again i think i think you're 100% right that there's some sort of historical respect being paid to game of thrones there mm-hmm. to have them win would have loved to see succession win but i know it'll have it'll have its chances going forward indeed um, it's truly brilliant Marvelous Miss Maisel. This is one that you watch, right? Love
1: this show. Season three is coming out soon. Yeah, they, big fan.
0: They did their thing again. They, you know, they they won some awards. That's uh, one stuff. Like every year, yeah, always performs well.
1: Yeah, it's it's really fantastic. It's so witty. It's from the writer of the Gilmore Girls. Oh, nice. Her name escapes me right now. Uh, but it's it's truly it's truly original. It kind of has that Gilmore Girls vibe because there's so much dialogue and yeah. so fast, and so much witty banter. It's like
0: Aaron Sorkin, kind of. Yeah, it know? really is
1: like the, com- the a comedic Aaron Sorkin. Yeah, who you could just do all comedy, and th- they just slay everything they do. Uh, picked up two acting awards, I know for sure. Tony Salou- Tony Shalhoub won for this, as well as oh, what's her name? She is the the kind of the sidekick. Fun, Alex uh, Borstein. That's it. Okay, and had an amazing. Uh, acceptance speech as well her grandmother was actually in the holocaust and she smokes yes this is a crazy story she actually her grandmother asked one of the nazi guards what would happen if i stepped out of line and the guard said well you'd probably be killed i don't have the heart to do it but someone else will so she stepped out of that line that line that would ultimately lead to her death and no one no one killed her and she survived the holocaust and that's And now bornstein said hey listen i owe it to my my mother my grandmother that stepped out of line huge i'm getting chills that's, right yeah,
0: now Yeah, dude that's insane it's huge that's, so a, that's a crazy story
1: one more big reason why i love this show and because there's a lot of the show is centered around the jewish community in, yeah. in that 1960s era you gotta watch it so if you, you have time to catch up season three's coming yeah out soon. i
0: do i do i think i always every time the emmys happens <laughs> I'm like I need to watch these shows mm-hmm. <laughs> because everybody's like everybody's talking about them and I need to get caught up. So, uh, Marvelous Miss Maisel has been on my list for a while. It's just been kind of like waiting for the stars to align for me to be in a show hole that I can, you know, throw it on. Yes. Um, and I'm not there right now, so I'll I'll get there for sure. The thing about this, the thing about the Emmys that I actually because I don't feel like I know enough to be too upset about any of the losses like succession didn't win much but i was like man i was kind of bummed about that but i was like really really mad that amy adams didn't win yes she was nominated for sharp objects and that series was insanely good it was so you know how people are always like the book the book was better the book was better Mm -hmm. the show was better than the book definitively like i will i will fight anybody on that (laughs) and she was incredible it was like one of the best performances of her career which is a very decorated career yes and I
1: just want to know why she can't win awards Kirk why she, can't she win awards she's running she's a couple years behind Leo you yeah know? Leo had so many years up until finally he got he got his win uh, for the revenant and now Amy Adams is in that same that same position yeah
0: it's really dumb because she's she I, I'm just I'm concerned I want I want I feel like she's in her prime right now. Yes. And she's just like crushing every role. And honestly, I feel like her best role that that I've seen was probably American Hustle. Yes. That, she was insane in that movie. And I'm just like, I I just want her to win. Mm-hmm. I just want her to win so that history remembers her for the amazing talent that she is. Because she's
1: insane. Yep. Well, maybe maybe she's just gearing up to win that Oscar. I don't know what, what's under her. Um, Uh, under her sleeve right now and what's coming with her at this very moment but i don't know either maybe that's exactly why because she's she's gone quiet as Mm -hmm. we talked about actors go quiet and then they just burst with all these things you're like whoa this is great so maybe that's what's happened what's about to hit us
0: we can only hope we can only hope um that's that's all i got for emmys did you have anything else you want to chat about
1: um some really just like fun facts that happened uh here was julia garner she's in ozark she, yes she plays like the sidekick to yes. uh jason bateman and she's fantastic
0: she's unreal in that show i haven't watched all of season two yet but she was incredible in season two i was shocked that this was her first or she was incredible in season one yes and also in what i've seen of season two i was shocked that she wasn't nominated for season one because i saw that this was her first nomination and when i was like what did I miss last year? Like, <laughs> Come on,
1: dude. She was incredible. She does a good job. I finished up season two recently. She's she's really great. And she also was in another Netflix show called Maniac with Emma Stone and yes. Jonah, yeah, Jonah yeah, Hill. Yeah, yeah. Uh, She did a great job in that. Uh, Michelle Williams, one outstanding lead actress in a limited series or movie from uh, a Fosse show. Fosse Verdon. Fosse Verdon yeah. on FX.
0: And I do want to make a point there. When I say that Amy Adams should have won, I'm, not, I'm in no way saying, because I didn't see Fosse Verdon, and Michelle Williams is stupid talented yes like to an obscene extent so i'm sure that she did everything to deserve what she got i just am advocating for amy adams right
1: so and michelle williams has won an oscar yeah save some for the rest of us michelle Sharon. williams goodness <laughs> come on um other quick things on my list um lead actor in a drama series billy porter for post yeah well done congratulations and the last thing i have what is that show about i have no clue i need and to watch what it. what network
0: is it on because i saw it and i was
1: like this is cool. This is history, and I wanted yeah. to check it out. And I've seen Billy Porter like just in in the media all the yeah, time. Yeah, right. Like he, I just knew him. I knew his name, but I didn't know where he like where he's from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, we'll add it to the list. Something I definitely want to dive into for sure. So and then of course, Killing Eve. We talked about uh, from Phoebe Waller Bridge. Yes, right? that's right. So writer on Killing Eve, lead actress in a drama series, Jodie Comer won for Killing Eve. So awesome. To her too.
0: Nice yeah so if you guys have anything that you want to talk to us about about the Emmys we would love to talk to you guys about it if you are like huge TV people and want to send show recommendations our way we would greatly appreciate that we can crowdsource our own show recommendations and then Kirk we never have to lift a finger yes we can just we can just have people send them to us and then we can watch them and everything will be happy forever yes please um, but seriously watch Succession I know you're not watching it Kirk
1: i'm not i need to <laughs> i'm not gonna
0: i'm not gonna continue to pressure you on this for much longer things are escalating so i need you to watch it it's it's important it's important to me and you will thank yourself later okay. and you'll thank me later as well so check it out and for anyone listening succession it's amazing let's move into what's popping the emmy's highlights was kind of like what's popping but this is like what's what's really popping mm-hmm. you know uh weird stuff kirk we this is a weird week. I don't know if there's like a full moon or like, I don't know. Something something's going on that's causing weird things to happen. We've got another reboot. Of
1: course. I know.
0: Yeah, I could probably just like schedule tweet. So and so is rebooting Ghostbusters. You know, <laughs> like like every week. Um, this time Walker Texas Ranger. No. Because you know everybody's clamoring for that, Kirk. Everybody's been. You know. You know what I need in my life is a, a new a retelling, a rethinking of Walker, Texas Ranger. No. No. And, I know. And and we've got Jared Padalecki. Sure. So, this is Dean from Gilmore Girls. <laughs> and this guy, you gotta give him some credit, because he's just, just like, kind of seamlessly transitioned from one show to the next. He was like, on Gilmore Girls, and then he was on Supernatural forever.
1: Yes, it was eighteen seasons or something. Something
0: insane. And those Supernatural—that's a—that's like a cult. Yeah, those people—they're like Dave Matthews Band people. <laughs> you know, they—they they will like—they will find you and kill you if you don't like Supernatural. So I just want to say for the record, I love Supernatural. I've never seen an episode of it, but um, it's fantastic. <laughs> and, <laughs> well, now he's moving on to bigger and better things, and yeah. he's going to fill the enormously large cowboy boots um, of Walker, Texas Ranger.
1: Impossible. Impossible. It's Chuck Norris. I'm looking forward to this first roundhouse kick. It, they're just gonna have to use. Uh,
0: they're gonna use <laughs> Chuck Norris as his stunt double. <laughs>
1: exactly. Or original footage of Chuck <laughs> Norris from the original show and just CGI it's his like, face onto yeah, it. Yeah, it. it's like terribly edited.
0: They just like <laughs> they just like have these really hard, hard cuts. Looks uh, like a
1: ninth grader <laughs> put him together in after. A effects. video project? <laughs> yes.
0: No, I'm, I'm all here for that. Actually, I would watch that and as things stand there's not a chance in this world (laughs) that i watch walker texas ranger
1: no it won't last it won't last but here i am and maybe it'll last for 30 seasons maybe it will
0: maybe it will i mean supernatural i feel like supernatural lasted way longer than i thought because it was just like i don't know it was like a cw show and and i was i don't know (laughs) <laughs>
1: those things don't just stick around dude that show's been on so long it was probably a wb show before it was a oh CW it was show. it was
0: 100 percent it was <laughs> it yeah. was insane yeah it, it, it's been around forever so that's it's news i don't want to say if it's good or bad news but it's news we won't even say if it's popping it's just news. it's just news <laughs> and we felt like you should know take do with that information what you will um another weird one Matt Reeves, so Matt Reeves is making a movie, The Batman. We've talked about it, okay? We're rebooting Batman again, again. And I've been I've been a little bit triggered by every bit of Batman news that has come out because I'm very protective of Batman as my favorite superhero and I feel that his reputation is being is is at risk here because the DCEU has not done exceptionally well Mm -hmm. and while i was a fan of ben affleck as bruce wayne i didn't love him as batman um and those movies were terrible so regardless it was just like batman versus superman was awful the justice league was awful um so it just kind of left a bad taste in my mouth regardless of ben affleck's performance um, and now we've got Pattinson, of course, Robert Robert Pattinson, which that nickname is awesome. I love it. I absolutely love it. But latest rumor is that Jonah Hill is joining this is is potentially joining this cast. Okay, coming from Deadline,
1: hmm. and so help me Kirk, so help me. I mean, I have an idea who they're gonna.
0: If they cast him as the Penguin, Kirk, <laughs> I am gonna lose my mind. Yes, for so many reasons because that it goes back to remember the disney remakes and the lazy casting yes this is ex- incredibly lazy mm-hmm. <laughs> this is like this is like matt reeves was sitting on his couch and was like all right we're gonna do a batman movie i want the penguin jonah hill done it's like he didn't even think about it he just threw it out there if he ends up playing some other villain that remains to be seen i know mm-hmm. that they've talked about the riddler potentially being involved
1: which that doesn't make sense uh, no, it, it doesn't does, for a lot of reasons. Unfortunately, it, it does make sense for him to be the Penguin. I'm sorry. I know. I, I get it. I don't want the Penguin. No. But I really don't want him as the Riddler. I. So when,
0: when Ben Affleck was helming this thing, they were talking about Deathstroke being the villain. Right. And I was so in on that because it's new. hmm. And... If they, they, you know, we already talked about them doing the rumors. Like there were the rumors of Vanessa Kirby being Catwoman. Why in the world do we need Catwoman again? We don't. We don't. We've had her. She's. We've had Catwoman multiple times. We just had Anne Hathaway. They did the Halle Berry one. We had Michelle Pfeiffer. We've had Catwoman. I'm over Catwoman. I don't want to see it. Goodbye. Um, I want something new. So Batman Begins had Ra's al Ghul and the Scarecrow. I just want to reiterate this. Ra's al Ghul and the Scarecrow, which I would say. Most normal people who are not giant Batman stands had no idea who either of those people were. And then they had the Joker. Okay. Smart. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's smart to roll out two villains that have been done and been done. Well, I don't want to say the penguin was done well because that Danny DeVito penguin. What in the world?
1: What do you mean? He was perfect.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Because he was like an actual penguin and was like (laughs) eating raw fish. Yeah. I'm not cool with any of that. But Catwoman has been done well. Yes. In Anne Hathaway form. I just watched that movie the other day. It was great. So I just, I'm very nervous. Batman and his reputation are at risk. And if they just like half-heartedly throw Jonah Hill in, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. It, it, this this feels very DCEU to me. And I'm scared.
1: It does. It really does. Um,
0: it's it, 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 feels, it feels eerily similar to the Jesse Eisenberg, oof. Lex Luthor casting.
1: Yeah, it does. This this whole movie it, it, we got excited about it because Ben Affleck was at the at leading the ship here, and now it's just fa- kind of falling apart.
0: It is, it is, and I and I like Matt Reeves. Yes, and so I've been I've I've given him the benefit of the doubt, but some of these rumors that are coming out are scaring the crap out of me, and I'm still not sold on Robert Pattinson. I remember you know I I held my breath on that take like I'm not gonna. I'm not going to give my full take because you know, I've been wrong before and it's possible that he could do a good job, but I wasn't thrilled about that hearing this. If, if it is penguin man, I'm going to be, I'm going to freak out. You
1: throw something and we'll record it. Emergency <laughs> we'll find pod. Out
0: <laughs> <laughs> Emergency pod. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. I don't know. Um, final bit of movie news. El Camino. We've talked about it a couple times. This is the breaking bad movie. I am shocked at how tight lipped they're being about this movie mm-hmm. because we got a trailer today.
1: One minute long. One minute eleven seconds.
0: Yeah, in the last like thirty seconds was the Netflix logo. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> which like Netflix really wants you to know that this is their movie. Throughout the trailer, there's like Netflix glued to the bottom right of the corner of the screen. Oh yeah, and yeah, they've be they're being very loud about this. But like there was, I I was I was hyped because all of the posts that like popped up in my feed were saying like new footage from El Camino, and I was like, oh, this is our first time seeing actual like. New footage besides that one teaser. Mm-hmm. And it was like one minute and it was just Jesse Pinkman sitting in his car listening to the radio. And he didn't only, talk.
1: You only saw a reflection of him too in the rearview mirror. Yeah. You didn't see him full on.
0: So it's like really weird how they're not giving us much about this movie. Mm-hmm. And last night at the Emmys, Jonathan Banks, who plays Mike Ehrman Trout, let it slip that he is in this movie. Yes. So <laughs> And earmuffs on, if you are one of these people who has not seen Breaking Bad and wants to, okay, because the spoiler's ahead. I will just mm-hmm. say that for, like, the next, let's say, 60 seconds. So hit that 30-second button twice, and we'll, we'll try to wrap it up by then. That's right. So, start the clock. <laughs> Go. <laughs> um, Walter White's coming. He, he's appearing, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. There's no way he cannot be in this movie.
0: Right, and I suspect that's why they're being so tight-lipped, but, like, Mike, who is dead... Mm-hmm. very much so.
1: Murdered by Walt.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's in this movie in some capacity. And Walt is, so he's for sure. Walt, Walt is for sure in this movie.
1: Yes. They've, they've been teasing us with it. Whether they're ghosts or flashbacks or, I, I don't know what they're going to be, but they're in it. Brian Ganson yeah. will be there. I'm assuming it will be
0: flashbacks, but like new footage. Yeah, You know, like stuff we haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um. So anyway, that El Camino, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited about it and i don't know which direction they're going f- from it if i hate that jesse pinkman's like on the run too right it's not, it's not fair. his fault no it's it's I really mean he's not a criminal fair. but it's
1: not his fault yeah i mean 10 yeah. seconds
0: oh, oh gosh uh anything else you want to say about el camino uh,
1: i hope they tie it to better call Saul.
0: oh they will they will they will tie three it to better call Saul.
1: Two, one
0: time okay you're safe you're safe from breaking bad spoilers
1: if you fast-forwarded appropriately. If you, you fast-forwarded <laughs> properly, If you
0: listened, then you heard all kinds of things. Some of it probably made no sense, but, you know, here we are. So, I cannot... Dude, October is going to be absolutely wild in terms of movies. El Camino, mm-hmm. we've got The Joker, we've got Gemini Man, we got Zombieland 2. It's going to be
1: insane. We might have to double our podcasts
0: it's a good question i'm i'm honestly stressed i'm stressed out about it because even in November's no easier november there's all kinds of things I, I don't know i don't know kirk we're gonna have to maybe we could do double reviews
1: Ooh. we could
0: do double review episodes that would be fun or now we're just planning our show out loud this is there we go yeah so um <laughs> maybe we could do like special short episodes where we just do review or We can do some Facebook live reviews of movies Mm. or Q&As or something like that. Yes. Be good. We'll we'll figure it out. Stay tuned. Yeah, we we have lots of work to do there. All right. That brings us to our film review for this week, the main event, which was Ad Astra starring Brad Pitt. It's got Tommy Lee Jones in it. It's got Liv Tyler in it. It's got Ruth
1: Nega in it. But mostly just starring Brad
0: Pitt. Yeah, but it's basically the Brad Pitt show. Um, I so I will just say a couple of things right right out of the gate. I did not know anything about this movie. Nothing.
1: You went into it like your dad would have gone into. Yeah, this exactly movie. how my dad would.
0: If except my dad probably wouldn't even know that Brad Pitt was in it. Okay. You know that's like that. That's all that I knew. I knew that he was an astronaut and that this was a space movie. I didn't know if it was fiction, nonfiction. I didn't know if it was supposed to be – like, even if it's fiction, if it was supposed to be, like, within the realm of reality or, like, way out there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I didn't know who was in this movie. Nothing. I knew nothing about it. And I – to be honest with you, I still don't know if that made my experience better or worse. It's kind of weird. Like, in some ways, it was – what's really funny is I almost – i was trying to convince jackie to go see this movie with me and i am so glad she didn't <laughs> um and we will get into that more later but let's start with our synopsis in 280 characters or less yes i think it's our my tweet turn. synopsis it is your turn
1: <clears throat> astronaut roy mcbride receives classified information that his father who was reportedly lost on a space mission more than 20 years ago may in fact be alive mcbride sets out on a rescue mission to find his father discovering some dark realities about the government his family and even himself
0: wow yeah that was w- way better than mine's gonna be mine's incredibly short so i'll just go quick short so and so that people forget about it <laughs> Uh, Brad Pitts, Major Roy McBride, is a decorated astronaut with nerves of steel. Having just survived a violent interstellar tragedy, he is now being asked to take on his most difficult mission yet.
1: Oh, I love the colorful words in it. Thank you. Well done.
0: Yeah, I I just get out the thesaurus every time and uh, (laughs) just go for it. Yeah, so let's let's set this movie up a little bit before we dive in because I think it's important. Because... I've decided in the last 30 seconds that it was probably bad that I didn't know what this movie was about. And I I feel like if people are going to make a decision based on this review, whether they should go see it or not, they should get a little bit more information. So, Brad Pitt is this, he's a he's an astronaut in a world that is ours, but slightly in the future. What they say is in, in the near future. Yes. And I want to put that into context because near is a very vague word. Mm-hmm. And what their definition of near and my definition of near are very, very different. Yes. So near future to James Gray, the maker of this film and one of the writers is we have some sort of space station that is like connected to Earth. Yes. Like that goes from Earth all the way into space. Um, we have like, we have property on the moon.
1: Colonized, fully colonized. Pretty with, much
0: pretty much colonized it. There's you know,
1: restaurant franchises and...
0: It's like a vacation spot. Yeah. There's like where people are digging for natural resources. There are bases there. Like there's like military bases and all kinds of things. So the, right. So the moon is like a thing you can commercially travel there like southwest Airlines style yes um we are we have some sort of footprint on mars like underground bases and people who people we've been there so long that people have been born on mars Mm -hmm. and have lived there the entire time and we're now able to travel into deep space like deep deep space like neptune yes so so yes that that's the near, near future. future okay so so ju- that's good context i think to have
1: near future is always really funny because the original lost in space series which came out in like yeah, the 1960s dude. they set that in 1999 mm-hmm. <laughs> so right. we're far past that and yeah nowhere near that uh so it's really funny to hear about about the I think near the Jets- future the
0: jetsons was like that too where the jetsons was set in like the year 2010 or Excellent. something like that <laughs> it's like in some ways we're there and in other ways we're definitely not. And yeah. probably never will be. <laughs> so just I love how the Jetsons like everybody's living in the clouds. Yeah. Just because like that <laughs> that for whatever reason is the future. I don't know. Anyway, we we digress. But that that's basically the setup for this movie, is that that's the setting. Brad Pitt is a, is a heavily, as I mentioned, heavily decorated astronaut who is just not phased by anything. He's almost robotic. Mm-hmm. Actually, he is robotic. At, like they make a point to talk about. He does like these mission logs or like precursors to his mission where he has to give his resting heart rate. And like the first one he gives, he's like resting BPM 47. It's like holy crap. Yeah. Um. So he's like cool, calm, collected. Um. And he's basically being asked to take on this mission to go they think his dad might be alive so that that's that's the whole setup and i think that that's important to know going into it because i did not yes and so when things were happening that were like very much sci-fi i was like oh this is like a sci-fi movie got it cool (laughs) (laughs) um all right but let's jump into this let's start with the oscar goes to who you got
1: i got brad pitt
0: yes same Go ahead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> because, again, this the screen time is really just focused on Brad Pitt. It is focused on him. There are plenty of characters we run into, but for very brief moments. This is one of Brad Pitt's just most incredible performances. Um, there's some fun trivia on it. There's a scene that uh, we get some, some really big acting chops from Brad Pitt.
0: Yeah, it's insane.
1: And something you've just never seen so much con- control and vulnerability at the same time from Brad Pitt. Mm -hmm. And it's really special to watch uh, coming from, you know, when Brad Pitt originally came on the scene, he was just this heartthrob. He had this eight pack that no one else could build. And it's really cool to see his full journey um, to where he is as an actor today when he could have been cast aside as just, just a pretty person. But now he's, he's really showing the past like 10 years, like, Hey, I'm here for more than just looks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. 100% agree with all of that. I would say that, um, Brad Pitt is in a place right now in his career. That's kind of interesting. Like he's not, I feel like he's been co-lead in a lot of things recently and hasn't really gotten the chance. I think since one of my favorite movies of all time, Moneyball, uh, to really own a movie fully. And he did so in this movie. And I really do think that you're, you're definitely not exaggerating when you say that it's one of his best performances ever. His character goes through a very complicated emotional and mental journey and, and grows in a very real and human way, which is, which is so interesting because we talked about at the beginning of the movie, he is this robot and it's, it's, it's like to think about where he starts this movie and where he ends. It's very different. And yet it didn't feel rushed at any point. Right. Like he acted it perfectly. Mm-hmm. All of his, anytime you saw his character growing, you f- you could physically see it. It was, But it was subtle. It, it was like you said, it was very controlled. Yes. And it was clear that he, you know, regardless of where they were shooting this, he was v- hyper aware of where his character was in the journey, in the overall arc. And he made a point to execute at a very, very high level to make sure that, whatever else happens around him, his character is going to be 100% perfect. And I thought it was stellar. Like I thought it was interstellar. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is actually the sequel to interstellar <laughs> spoiler alert JK, but for real uh, quick sidebar. I thought this was a sequel to event horizon at one point
1: you did. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: Because it started to weirdly feel like a horror film at one point. Yes. And so I was like, what's happening? And I was very scared because event horizon scared me. Very badly.
1: I know the exact moment you were speaking of. Yeah, yeah.
0: I was like, I was like, "Hey, I didn't think this was
1: scary. This is a trick. What are you doing?" And you were by yourself late at night. Yeah, too.
0: yeah. It was not fair. <laughs> it was not fair. Um. Anyway, that's just a cyber. It's not. It is not a sequel to Event Horizon. Yes. And it doesn't end up being that scary all told. So if you're worried about the scariness remember i am a huge wuss one to pee your pants it's
1: barely a one and a half
0: it's a yeah it's a a one
1: one little jump scare yeah
0: um so anyway that i mean i do want to i do think that brad pitt could get oscar consideration for this movie i really do i could see that all right next scene stealer who you got
1: this one was tough well yeah
0: because this was like this was brad pitt's movie
1: i almost broke the rules and just picked brad pitt again but oh
0: you didn't I didn't. No, I didn't either. That was just, I was tricking you. Dang it.
1: That was good. (laughs) I went with Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, boo, me too.
0: (laughs) There weren't a lot of options. Yeah, so Tommy Lee Jones plays his dad. Yes. Yeah.
1: Tommy Lee Jones has been around for a long, long time. Mm Mm-hmm. Don't know why I had a southern draw right there a little bit, but.
0: Well, because it's Tommy Lee Jones. (laughs) Yes. Uh, That's all you need to say
1: about it. Tommy Lee Jones, in his very short screen time in this film, is very impactful, and it had to be because it's the father-son relationship it's the whole reason that Brad Pitt is going on this mission to see if his father is really out there and what state he's in and all that jazz Yeah, The, the scenes we see from Tommy Lee Jones are things that I've never seen from him which is huge because as an actor gets older it becomes harder to act in a certain way. You have all these, these tricks up your sleeve from your best performances and you kind of reuse those, what you can, you can just do that on film and you play to your strengths. But Tommy Lee Jones did some, had some acting choices that I've never seen him do before. And that's what really grabbed my attention when he was on screen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good point. I really like Tommy Lee Jones. I do think that this was a different capacity than we've seen him act before. Um, not not totally different but just this was a very different character for him and he he i think a lot of times when you see these guys who are really accomplished later on in their career they tend to just kind of like be themselves in movies and he didn't he didn't uh he really did a good job and he was while while brad pitt was far and away the focal point of this movie and this was very much his movie this role had to be good it had to be because the whole thing falls apart if it's not, mm-hmm. um, and the relationship between the two characters is extremely complicated, um, and so in order to nail that, they needed somebody who was gonna really put in the work and make sure that they deliver a good performance. Thought that Tommy Lee Jones did that. It was kind of, it's kind of funny because whenever I started to figure out that like Tommy Lee Jones was his dad, like whenever they first, whenever they first show like the clip of like here's your your father the last time we heard from him or whatever Mm -hmm. i was like that doesn't really work tommy lee jones isn't brad pitt's dad like i couldn't even picture (laughs) it and then as it went on it just kind of made sense Yep. and so i thought that alone i was like yeah that's that's good liked it all right moving on showstopper what Mm. was your showstopper what what was the production value highlight for you
1: i gotta go back to the world of this movie the whole concept of this movie for trying to make it as real as possible yes so the colonization on mars just like it, everything just came second nature to them at the very beginning of this movie we, we so we talked about the space station is centered on earth and then it goes straight up to the sky miles and miles and miles and miles into space but we see brad pitt just in his astronaut outfit walking through like the terminal talking to his friends and then all of a sudden he just walks out and just does a spacewalk and climbs out on the space yeah. station i'm like holy moly where what, what's happening here so that whole concept the fact that you could get like subway on the moon and you could take a dhl rental wire <laughs> wire up there yeah. to get around it's it's very cool and i think they did a really good job with that aspect of this of this film
0: yes i cannot i think that so many good points there i think the thing that it was, you know how sometimes whenever you're watching a movie, maybe this is just me, I might be outing myself as like a really weird person, <laughs> so <laughs> bear with me, but like the same phrase or like the same thought keeps coming to your mind while you're watching it. Has that ever happened to you? Yes, Or am I on does. my own island? Okay, thank goodness. Whew, that was <laughs> risky. It's putting myself out there, Kirk, and I didn't know if you were going to back me up. Okay. The thing that kept popping into my head, to your point, was this is refreshingly original. Yes. Because it was, and and we, we just talked about it earlier reboots it's reboot mania out there kirk and so it's so it's so hard to find something that really is original and doesn't feel super derivative i thought that this movie was a very very good original story like you said it felt very effortless they didn't they they did a good job of doing the world building without banging us over the head with it like they were just like Yep, this is the way things are, and we don't have to explain anything to you because we we've done it right, mm-hmm. and you can pick up on subtext and everything that's happening around you to figure it out. And I thought that that was one of the one of the best parts. I think that was that was a really good, really good showstopper. Mm-hmm. So mine, my showstopper, and I could have gone with just overall cinematography and visuals. Yes, because holy smokes, is this a good-looking movie? Mm-hmm. Um, space movies, in general, I think. Are, like, that's it's something that you have to do in a space movie. If you're going to do a true space movie, it has to look good. I think that it's kind of like one of the hallmarks of the genre. But even among the genre, this one stands pretty, pretty high up there. It was really a good-looking film. Everything that they did was beautiful and, and stunning. But I have to key in on one moment in the movie where they are on lunar rovers traveling from one side of the moon to the dark side of the moon. Mm-hmm. And they encounter like these moon pirates. Yes. (laughs) Basically like people who are trying to like take their stuff from their lunar rovers and they're like shooting at them. It was insane. And it was like the most action packed moment of the movie. And it looked incredible. The sound was incredible. (sighs) Um, which I know there's no sound in space. I don't want to get into, I don't want to get into the <laughs> physics of it, Kirk. But it looked and sounded incredible.
1: But they they did have no sound for a lot of those moments. Honestly. Yeah, they did.
0: They did. They did silence. They used it really effectively. Yes. I liked it a lot. Um, and I thought that the cuts were good. The editing was exceptional on that part. And I was my mouth was wide open mm-hmm. during that. I was like, this is this is sick. And that was the first moment in the movie where I was like. Oh, this is like a straight-up sci-fi movie. Okay, because they had, like, laser guns and stuff. The
1: laser guns. <laughs> I know. Had not been seen. You're in this, like, okay, wow, this is, like, a realistic world of what we're going to be at one day. Then they have laser guns. Yeah, and it look, straight it up. It so cool at the it same was, time.
0: It was awesome. So I thought that was that's, – that's my showstopper because that scene was just sick. If I could just take that scene out of this movie and watch it a million times, I would. It was incredible. You'll be able to. It would be a great short film. Just on its own. Yeah, it would. Shows up at the moon. They're like, we got to get you to the other side. Mm-hmm. Be pretty cool. It would be.
1: <laughs> I we're, like that. Yeah. So now we're going on to director's shoes. Yes.
0: Sorry. Director's shoes. Director's you, shoes,
1: for me, so movies are incomplete without building proper relationships. Yes. And, I th- and that always comes with introductions of characters this movie had some rough times with introductions of characters because it spent so much time on Brad Pitt. They didn't leave enough room to really explain any of these other relationships. Mm -hmm. However, they did do a good job for that moon rover, um, action scene. Um, there was, I think he was a captain. Um, and the actor's name is Sean Blakemore, who was also accompanying him across, across the moon. That guy is fantastic. He was great. I loved him.
0: Would have been a good choice for scene stealer as well but again just not enough screen time. Not enough
1: screen time. I I absolutely loved him. I will I wanted him in the entire movie. Yes. <laughs> so just having him for that brief time was like rats. So He's. I looked up his resume on IMDb. He's like a TV hopper um, and and film hopper. There's nothing. He hasn't had like a substantial, like prominent role. But man, I want him to. I'm. I'm. Maybe for this him. is the
0: launch pad, Kirk. I think. Oh, so. that was a bad. That was a really unintentional <laughs> pun. But <that's, laughs> I think the intent is still there. But that was that beautiful. Was
1: bad beautiful just off your cup yeah you i know, just, I the know. Fun. just
0: like in a really spacey mood right now Kirk.
1: <laughs> the lights are off we've got those glow stickers yeah above us those right green
0: now. things that you put on your ceiling when you were a little kid
1: yeah <laughs> or when you're 30 whatever yeah what, whatever <laughs> um yeah those those are my relationships and i really would have loved like a another partner to go with him probably because like you said we've seen Brad Pitt in so many co-lead spots yes I kind of wanted someone to be his be his yang to his yin I don't know
0: yeah yeah I agree mine is mine is very very similar to that okay. which was just I simplified it down to I want more Liv Tyler in this movie mm-hmm. partially because I think she's brilliant I think she's really good um, and because they tee it up so well at the beginning that you're gonna get like These sort of flashbacks to their relationship, and it's the movie literally starts like that. You know, you're getting this view at their relationship. Oh,
1: it's perfect.
0: And it's it's really well done, and it's really subtle. And they're, you know, we talk about it a lot on this podcast, but they're trusting the audience to view this through their own eyes and make a determination on what's happening. And, I mean. five to 10 more of those scenes, I think were needed just to really lay the groundwork because that, I think that that relation, that relationship ends up becoming important, but it doesn't feel important. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel important enough. And as much work as Brad Pitt does to really bring you along in this journey for his character. And he does do a brilliant job. He needed, he needs some help and, yes. and it would have been even better if, if they were to given him some help in the, in the writing and who knows? Like maybe those maybe those scenes are there. They're just on the cutting room floor for some reason because they thought it was good enough without. But I think that the relationship between he and Liv Tyler is probably the most key relationship that we're missing out on. And I know that she would have done a great job. So um, it's too bad. But that was my that's my director's shoes.
1: You bring up a good point about scenes that were left on the cutting room floor. We saw some scenes in the trailer yes. that were not in this film at all. Not even in like quick snip flashbacks or anything right. like that they, they've totally pulled a marvel on us russo brothers They're, they're <laughs> yeah. like, hey look at this this is what's going to be in this movie and then it wasn't so i was i was confused for that but also good marketing you know yeah it was i was really excited to see this movie when, yeah. I, when, when from the trailers and everything so
0: absolutely i think i do think they had to market it that way looking back the trailers are different from the movie and i think that's because if people knew how this movie was going to go they wouldn't see it that's right Um, so I want to do final thoughts and that's kind of a good segue, but I'll let you go first and then I'll give mine.
1: This movie is beautiful. It's absolutely stunning. There's not a scene that goes by that seems like a throwaway scene. There are little snippets of just, um, intensely intentional, um, beautification of, of how the space work, how space works in space in this world, in this concept. Um, I really really love that opening scene I can't I can't express it enough when you see the very first shot of this it's so perfect it sets up a relationship really well and when you think about mise-en-scene the placement of the object or actor in the frame of the film it's so perfect it's beautiful that being said there are enough other things like the how the relationships pan out for the entire film that I wish were stronger Um, it's beautiful brad pitt is beautiful and acts well i just need a little bit more for me to like go bonkers over Mm -hmm. this movie so i'm gonna go with uh a flat 6.0 okay on this movie
0: yeah good score um i i'll echo a lot of that i think i was a little bit higher on this movie i think if you're a brad pitt fan you have to see it you have to see it and it may not be your favorite and i do i do want to just say that right now that I didn't. I didn't check the Rotten Tomatoes disparity between audience score and critic score, but I will check it after this, and I can guarantee that the vast majority of people who saw this movie did not like it. I bet they actually hated it. Um, <laughs> you have to be in the mood for a very particular type of film. Um, they they really build a character over two hours in a very. Ex- I don't want to say excruciating, but in a very detailed, methodical way and Mm -hmm. if you're not bought in early you are in for what will feel like a really long ride Um, it's only a two hour film but I'd say it feels much longer than that in general and that's coming from someone who actually enjoyed the character and enjoyed the film Um, I thought that as a space movie it does an incredible job of paying homage to some of the greats in the genre it feels it feels very 2001 a space odyssey to me this is very much an odyssey type story this is like man against the elements type deal um which was really a cool vibe and i enjoyed it uh, i thought the world building was great i thought brad pitt was out of this world so out I, of
1: this world there was a good one oh two, no out of Kurt, what is happening <laughs> what is with these terrible puns sorry to cut in. i had to call you
0: <laughs> uh wow I, I hate myself i hate myself <laughs> um but all all that that being said and terrible puns aside um I would say see it, but proceed with extreme caution. If you're someone who doesn't like movies that are a little bit avant-garde, a little bit weird, um, not super clean cut and pretty, I would say stay away from this one, especially if if you're just not a fan of sci-fi and fantasy, stay away from this one. Um, yeah, I would proceed with extreme caution if, if you're, if you're one of those people. So, that being said, I'm going to give it a 7.2. Okay. I thought it was good. I expect to see this movie get nominated for some Oscar awards, especially particularly in the realm of cinematography, effects, sound mixing, sound editing. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, you'll, you'll be hearing about this thing again the early part of next year, but that's, uh, that's Ad Astra. All right. And now we are going to move into our top five, which because of Ad Astra is – top five space movies
1: dude this was hard
0: (laughs) it was extremely hard and i have not seen some of the really really good space movies that are out there um and some of them i've only seen one time so it's hard like i've only seen the right stuff one time and i i really liked it but i don't really feel like i can i don't feel like i can put it on my list because i haven't seen it enough times to really connect with it in that way so it's a it's a tough one and Let's talk because you and I had some, we had some back and forth about what space movie actually means. Yes. So before we get blown up in the comments about like where is this movie, where is that movie, which literally never happens. But if it if it were gonna happen, you have to. It has to take place in space at some point in the movie, and what that means is, the main characters have to have scenes in space, mm-hmm. and space does not necessarily mean they have to be floating around in space, it means that they have to be on a planet that is not earth. Is that what we decided? Yes. So the litmus test for this is like, <laughs> um, avatar. So avatar would count as a space movie because it does not take place on planet earth.
1: Ugh. So that wasn't a yes. birth. That was me saying,
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but arrival. So the antithesis to that arrival, which is a movie about aliens would not count as a space movie because they don't go to space. Correct. Okay, hopefully that's clear enough for you. Kirk and I talked about for, talked about that for much longer than I'm willing to admit uh, before this podcast. So like 45 minutes. Um, yeah, let's get started. I think you're actually due up first.
1: Okay, number five. The Martian. Ooh, good pick. Who's in that? Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon. <laughs> I'm Matt Damon. <laughs> and uh, really, really fantastic. This also was a mostly one-man show however they had a bigger ensemble they did a better job of putting them together and seeing their team the whole time of course matt damon was the rescue mission uh one of the funniest things about this film was that it won best comedy at the golden globes the year that it came out so pretty i mean it is a funny movie but let's be real it's not a comedy yeah (laughs) um so yeah martian number five go see it if you haven't
0: good call all right my number five independence day
1: yes
0: i love independence day it's fantastic for so many reasons but above all else uh will smith punches an alien in the face (laughs) and i think that i'll probably leave it at that because it's great there's a there's an all-time movie speech in that yes um there everything that you could want in a movie to just have a good time and enjoy it jeff for jeff gold i know yeah it's literally (laughs) checks all the boxes it's like every time you start to look for something some flaw with this movie like yeah is it like it's a little cheesy and, and fun and quirky and weird but it's just so entertaining and i just love it it's great independence day number five
1: great choice number four i'm gonna go with the star trek reboot with chris pine yes let's just talk about the first one right here it's oh just the first one just the first one it's so good i I thoroughly enjoy the other two yeah uh, but in my top five where i'm limited i'm gonna go with just the first one star trek we see chris pine enter this world as captain james t kirk he does a fantastic job of making this character really his own on this new timeline as well as mimicking some pretty big things that william shatner did in this role as well so Mm -hmm. he Chris Pine is one of my all-time favorite actors and for, forever will be uh, because of this role and because of the numerous other films that I've seen him in as well. And I, I just think he killed it. I think the uh, there are some people out there who hate the new timeline of Star Trek and that's fine. You can be that way. I'm Toxic fandom. Exactly. That's, I'm,
0: I'm just going to say that. Yeah. Toxic, toxic fandom.
1: Indeed. I'm named after Captain James T. Kirk mm. and I love it. So take that.
0: Yeah, take that toxic Star Trek fans. And if you're one of those people, let's let's just talk. Let's have it let's let's, go. let's embrace something that is a lost art in this day and age and that is debating. Mm-hmm. Having a healthy civil debate with your peers. Because I so and and I will I'll, I'll lay the caveat out there. I don't know. I think you've probably seen more old Star Trek than me mm-hmm. because you're it's your namesake. Mm-hmm. But I was not a huge fan of the older star trek okay mm. don't don't crucify me for that one but i, uh, I like some of the movies i liked i like i liked i liked watching the show like i would turn on the show i just wasn't in love with it and it was it was due for an upgrade okay it just was it was due for an upgrade and jj abrams took it and catapulted it into the modern age and did so in a way that appeals to the masses, which. That's another point I wanna make. You should want your what you love to appeal to the masses as long as it doesn't as long as they don't destroy the fabric of the show or the characters to do so. And I thought that they did a really good job with all of it. I know that there's complaints about the time travel, there's complaints about what they did to Khan,
1: mm-hmm. whatever.
0: But I would just encourage you to open your eyes a little bit if you're one of those people. We have too many toxic fan fandoms out there. The Star Wars fandom is actually the worst. Yes, it is. They, they have been apart, so everything. cruel to the new movies, which are just, in my opinion, objectively good. Mm-hmm. And as someone who deeply loves Star Wars, they do a great job of continuing on the tradition. So I, let's, let's just enjoy things. Thank you. That, that's all I want. Sorry to, bar- to barge in there, but. No, it was perfect. I like the Star Trek movies, the new ones. Mm-hmm. They're very, very fun. And I wouldn't give a crap about Star Trek without them. So Honest- there you
1: go. Honestly, I would not like put those on repeat. I would not replay those, those OG Star Trek movies, because honestly, they're a little long, a little too long, and yes. a little too boring. Mm-hmm. And J.J. Abrams saw the highlights of how much action is happening in, in those storylines and yes. said, let's do all of that let's do all of that with with the same intellect and jj abrams your chair is still sitting next to us with your name on it it
0: is yep i'm looking at it right now there it is it right now it has a little caesar's pizza box on it but we can move that or you you can eat it or you can eat our pizza
1: do you like little caesar's i don't know
0: he probably does
1: he would he's great (laughs) he's perfect
0: (laughs) Okay, that's a good pick. I like it. Thank you. And if if you don't like it, then at me. I'm requesting that you at me because I want to talk about at it at Cameron, yes. not me. Yes, and then I will at Kirk.
1: Last side note: <laughs> I just re- <laughs> the nice. <laughs> I just recently told Siri to change my name. Siri now calls me Captain Kirk. Wow, that's so, that's great. Thank you.
0: Congrats on that. I appreciate it. It was super simple. <laughs> Wow, that is something else. What's okay. your number three? Hurry. Uh, no, I'm on four. I've only picked one.
1: Okay, give me your number four then.
0: Um, I'm reluctantly picking Alien. And I say reluctantly because, again, huge scaredy cat. It <laughs> terrifies me to this day, the original. I'm talking about the original Alien. Um, I liked a lot of the offshoots that came from it. I like Ridley Scott. He's great. He's a great director. They took a horror movie to space. They did it, and it was awesome. Um, they set the benchmark for such things very, very high and I don't know. It's just, it's, I love the simplicity and yet the, I don't know, just like the originality and the simplicity of it. It's just straight up called alien. Like they just made a horror movie about aliens and it's that simple, but it's also that awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's scary and Prometheus is one of the scariest movies I've ever seen in my
1: life. Dude, we saw that together. Uh, or if I
0: just never want to watch it again. I don't want really want to watch many of these movies multiple times, but I have seen alien one a couple times just because I think it's, it's just great. It is. So alien.
1: Now my number three. Yes. So I cheated.
0: Oh, of course. <laughs> Classic.
1: <laughs> Hi, my number three, and I'm probably going to get some hate for this is because this is number three. I've jam packed all of my favorite star Wars films into one segment one section one number
0: okay so let <laughs> so me let me have... get this straight you have when where you were supposed to put one movie yeah. you took an entire series of movies but not the entire series <laughs> nope. just the ones that you like got it
1: <laughs> and there's still after that a number 2 and a number 1 oh great yeah proceed favorite space movies right so number 3 number 3 a b c a- d and e <laughs>
0: okay wait 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 another question yeah go ahead are these in order of how much you like them? They so are. So the first one you say is the one you like the least out of the bunch that you're going to name?
1: Reverse that. There's, oh, is the one you like so the most? So I should have done it that way. <laughs> I, can, I can just read it backwards, though. Okay. So, so the, first, <laughs> the first name that you read... 3A. ...will
0: be the lowest rated...
1: Yes. ...of the... Of the top nine. Of eight. So we haven't had number nine yet. Yeah. Okay, great. Okay, ready? Yes. The Last Jedi. Okay. Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Hot take. Force Awakens, mm-hmm. A New Hope. Yes. Number one, three E. Return of the Jedi.
0: Okay, great, great. I think I understand. Thank you. I hope <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm surprised at no Rogue One in there.
1: It falls just below. Okay. Okay. Last Jedi. I mean, I'm not judging you. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just making a
0: note. It's a great. It's a great. <laughs> it's a great
1: choice. Um, it's you know what. I don't think I own Rogue One. Oh, I do so that's have it. that's on you and the fam because it's been on it. my list for years has it oh yeah. wow Yeesh. yeah man what's going on there well it's it's
0: good that you called that out because um you have the weird thing where your birthday and christmas are like just like oh, two weeks apart or something like that that's right um so i'll, I'll mark it on there because okay. what inevitably happens every time is that we buy a gift for kirk and then it's like oh crap he's got a birthday too we do the same thing for my mom it's like it's just a curse yeah you know? it's just it's terrible but um yeah so there'll be a good chance that i'm like oh rogue one amazon prime boom done and, <laughs> perfect okay so I'll, I'll mark that on the list
1: so that's my number three that's your number three those five Star Wars <laughs> <laughs> <films>?
0: <laughs> perfect makes perfect <laughs> sense those five star wars films in that order got yes. it yes um <laughs> okay number three Is that Mm. your number three as well? No. Okay. My number three, and this is so tough. I have to go Apollo 13. I love Apollo 13. I think it is, I don't know how to best describe this movie because feel good seems, feel good seems a little bit demeaning because it's more than that, Kirk. It's, it's, it's very charming, you know, it's. Got some very charming actors in it, you know Tom Hanks, Bill Paxton, um, and uh, Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon, of course, who I love, and it's got it's got everything. It's mm-hmm. got an incredible score. It's got one of the most intense few minutes of a movie like ever, um, and it's got so much emotion. It's it's great. I just love it. They, the people in that movie, feel very real. Mm-hmm. They feel very much like people you could know and they they take they do a good job of like making you feel connected to those people in a very human way and sometimes in in space as like a genre they there's not enough of that i agree they make it like well in yeah they just make it Sometimes if you're, I feel like if you're not obsessed with space, you would have a hard time liking a lot of space movies. And I don't feel like it should be that way. Like it can take place in space and still be personable. And that's what Apollo 13 does really well. It so does. So that's my number three.
1: Wonderful choice. My number two. Mission to Mars. Oh, yeah. With Gary Sinise. I've not actually seen this. Oh. Oh, it's so good. Don Cheadle is also in this film. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of people in this movie. Good Don actually.
0: Cheadle or bad Don Cheadle?
1: Mm, it's uh, it's he's good. He's good. Okay. He's good in this film. Because sometimes he's not. Mm-hmm. He's good in this film. Um, spoiler alert: <laughs> 2002 <laughs> or whatever this movie came out. <laughs> <laughs> this movie I saw in theaters.
0: Wait, I just meant like a good actor.
1: Oh yeah, no, he's good. not
0: like a bad per Not <laughs> oh, like.
1: Just a good guy, bad guy.
0: No, because sometimes Don. So yeah, they, I'll just give you my entire thoughts on Don Cheadle right now. <laughs> give it to me. I feel like. Don Cheadle is not always a good actor. War Machine. Correct. (laughs) Terrible. Rough. rough. I miss Terrence Howard every
1: day. Should have died in Civil War. hundred (laughs) percent.
0: hundred percent. They left that character around too long. Yeah. Still around somehow. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Survived the events of Endgame. I don't know why they chose to make that decision. Anyway, he rides the Hotel Rwanda wave, you know, big time. So, I feel like post-Hotel Rwanda, it's really been, Mm -hmm. you know, and... He can be good, obviously.
1: Yes, he was really good in in Mission to Mars. Yeah, that was check it out. That was his prime time, his peak. So, in Mission to Mars, it's exactly what it sounds like. The Earth has finally, in the near future, has finally figured out a way to travel to Mars successfully, Mm. and the there it. they successfully get there and then something tragic happens on March, Mars,
0: March, March. They travel (laughs) to (laughs) Mars. They go to
1: the Simpsons house in Springfield. And then, um, then the remaining team members, um, who didn't go to Mars, they go and rescue. And it's, 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 so good it is such a sci-fi movie i'm not even that big of a sci-fi person i don't watch the sci-fi channel i don't get really excited about this but this storytelling in this in this movie mission to mars is so well done and gary sinise is the captain of this ship and he just kills it boom love him
0: i gotta check it out have to um, I, I'm really glad that my inner voice told me not to do a Marge Simpson impression <laughs> just now because I, I thought about it. And then I went back and forth for like five seconds and I was like, mm, better not.
1: Is it because I did a, a terrible uh, Family Guy impersonation earlier in this episode? No, because I felt like
0: you were just like saying the line from Family Guy. Okay. You weren't good. like trying to impersonate it. So good. I won't, I'm not going to do it. I keep, I'm still having the <laughs> internal debate, but I'm not going to do it. Okay. <laughs> moving on. Am I on two? You're on two. Okay have to go with guardians of the galaxy i know that i've i know that i've poured the love on this film in the past but i don't care i'm being true to myself i love this movie so much i love it it means a lot to me it's simply incredible and is very good at making space feel approachable and fun and making it feel not super sci fi you know like making it feel like because whenever you, especially Marvel, Marvel, we I think we've talked about this before, but Marvel was at a point where they had done things where they tried to make things very as realistic as humanly possible. Even with Thor One, they tried to make Thor like as realistic as they could by taking like the physics angle and explaining, um, you know, the Rosen Bridge and all that stuff. Right. Um, but they were Marvel was in a state of hyper realism with their characters, like making them as real as possible. But they we all knew that at some point they had to make the jump and get more wild and out there. And they needed just the right group to do it and they needed just the right movie. And I feel like... I don't feel like it's an overstatement to say that Guardians of the Galaxy made that segue for them. And who knows how good Marvel would be without it because it set the tone.
1: It really did. It really, really did. And to think about all these other space movies, there's lots of imminent doom. Yes. And just... Empty, unknown worlds, and then when you see Guardians of the Galaxy, it's like this just barrage of colors and splash yeah. of colors and fun. Yeah,
0: it's awesome. Think yeah, so that's my number two. Guardians. Excellent
1: choice. My number one, Armageddon. Yes, good one, dude. You can't you can't have a movie like Armageddon like ever again. Let's let's just do a quick recap of this cast here: um, Bruce Willis, Avi, Ben Affleck, Liv Tyler yes billy bob thornton mm, perfect <laughs> um who else is in this movie steve buscemi we've got owen wilson michael clark duncan rest in peace does a fantastic job in this film i mean the list goes on and on and on and on and on. that main ensemble in this film they crush it i think the the lady there's a colonel um who was the the mom in uh, it or the the stepmom in Smart House, the Disney Channel original comedy. Oh like, yes, Smart House. There's so many connections to the to this, uh, and Michael Bay, of course, is the director. Armageddon gives you everything you need in a space movie: imminent doom, <laughs> where you got a <laughs> giant asteroid about to crush the Earth. You've got wisecracking oil guys who should never be in space. Yes, yeah. You, uh, you've got a love a love relationship with uh, with the daughter and one of your crew members there's a moment in Armageddon that just crushes your soul when, and obviously I, I'm not going to even pause to say, I'm going to spoil this for you so, because you should have seen this movie by now. Um, when Ben Affleck and Bruce Willis are on the ship going down and Bruce Willis sacrifices himself yeah. and sends Ben Affleck back up the elevator and says, treat her well to take, take care of her. And Ben Affleck is screaming, no, it should have been me. And he sacrifices himself to save the entire earth and world.
0: Yep. Oh, man.
1: It's great. I love this movie. Yeah, it's it's great. It's <laughs> and great. Steve, and Steven Tyler, Aerosmith, does all the theme music. So that's, well, that's just you perfect. You can't get any better than that. That's my number one.
0: Yeah, it's so funny that you bring this up because I was talking to our buddy Kevin at work today. Yeah. And we talk movies all the time. And we were I was talking about how I had seen at Astra. And we were kind of like talking back and forth about that. And he brought up uh, Armageddon, of course, came up because it comes up anytime you talk about space movies and he was talking about the ben affleck commentary have you seen this so there so in the 1999 release of armageddon on whatever like VHS, VHS they had commentary that came out with it in the criterion collection version okay and there is a clip in there where ben affleck is doing commentary and just roasting the entire plot line of armageddon (laughs) and it is hilarious and this was the first time i had ever seen it kevin introduced me to it oh wow it's so great he's like so he's he's like tearing it apart he's like so it takes eight whole months to drill a hole but only one week to, t- to turn oil drillers into astronauts. That's right. He's like, we couldn't train the people who were already astronauts to be oil drillers. We had to train the oil drillers to be astronauts. That's and right. And just goes in on it. And it's hilarious. Um, highly recommend it. If you just Google Ben Affleck, armageddon commentary you'll find it it's like a three minute clip so so funny
1: oh i cannot wait i'm yeah. so sad that i've missed this all oh my I know, life. i
0: know i know i hadn't heard about it until today oh. either and it's just it's great and and it's one of those things where like armageddon is such a blatantly ridiculous concept from the outset that you don't even bother to, to criticize it in that way of course not so a lot of this stuff you don't even notice but then when somebody starts tearing it apart you're like man this movie really falls apart <laughs> <laughs> but it's still great it's still great for Excellent. other reasons all right my number one i did not cheat but i did go with star wars <laughs> and i'm i went specifically with a new hope and i wanted to i want to explain this because i think we've talked about have we talked about our Star Wars rankings on this before? I
1: cannot remember.
0: We've talked once about how we like, both of us like the Return Return of the Jedi better than Empire Strikes Back. We do. Yes, yeah, so uh, Return of the Jedi is still my favorite Star Wars film. But I say that A New Hope is a better space movie because of the way that it introduced us to space in the Star Wars way, uh, like the way that Star Wars talks about space. And... I think it just is brilliant. Like I sometimes get like weird em- emotionally and goosebumpy um, about Star Wars because like I think about how people who saw that for the first time in theaters were seeing something so amazingly new and innovative. Whenever we went to Grauman's Chinese Theater in uh, L.A., they were talking about how, the carpet had to be replaced in the theater because there was a stampede out of the theater after the first showing of star Wars to go buy more tickets mm-hmm. because people were, their minds were blown by what they had just seen. And that's what I think about this. I think that star Wars really kind of sent the genre of space film to a whole new level and opened up the Avenue for so many different things. And without a new hope doing so, so effectively we wouldn't have any of these movies that we're talking about And nobody would really care about space
1: movies the way that they do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just the the king of world building right there. Oh, yeah. Uh, It's the best. We've not seen anything like that and still haven't. We just see kind of echoes of that. Yes. So it's untouchable.
0: Yeah. And for the record, it's my second favorite Star Wars movie.
1: There it is. So
0: there you go. Um, So that's our top five. I want to hear your top fives for sure on this one because I know that there are space movies that I haven't seen. Um, I do have a few honorable mentions. Kirk, do you have any honorable mentions? Oh, yeah. I absolutely do. I have Galaxy Quest, which is such a funny and fun movie. Mm -hmm. You should definitely watch that. It's a parody movie um, with Tim Allen, and it's just hilarious. Um, What else did I have? The Martian you had on your list. Mm -hmm. Um, Star Trek you had on your list. I think that's all I got.
1: Excellent. I also had Independence Day as my uh, honorable mention. Galaxy Quest, also honorable mention. I also had Interstellar. Yes. On there. Matthew McConaughey, Jessica Chastain. That movie is great. Uh, then I also threw out First Man with Ryan Gos- Ryan Gosling, our friend of the pod. That one was- I know, I for... haven't seen it. It's okay. Yeah. I, it's okay. There's things I haven't seen on I need on to your see
0: list. it. And, I, and I've only seen 2001 A Space Odyssey once.
1: I've only seen. Bits well, and of I it. don't
0: think I've seen the whole thing. That's the. I don't think I've seen the whole thing. So it's like I wanna. I I wanted to include these classics, but I didn't feel like I could.
1: Yeah, I I think that's totally fine. But this is who we are. Oh, spaceballs. Spaceballs.
0: Yeah. How could we forget? That's spaceballs. A, that's a classic. That could have easily been top five too. I think. Yeah. It just wasn't like it wasn't in my rotation whenever I. You know?
1: Yeah. What about, like, Austin Powers too? <laughs> like, they go to space in that one, Counts, don't they? <laughs> count it. <laughs> Counts. <laughs> There's so That's many. Right. Tell us your honorable mentions and your top five.
0: Yeah, we want to know. We want to know for sure. Um, all right. That's a wrap on this episode, episode 12 of Popcorn for Breakfast. We are, oh, man, Kirk, we are heading into such a golden age of good movies, or w- so it seems. At least, I don't want to say good movies, because that remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. But we're heading into a golden age of... Movies that should be good and movies that are like highly anticipated. So ne- this coming week, we're going to be seeing Judy, which is the Renee Zellweger, um, Judy Garland movie. Yes. Um, Super, super duper stoked about that. So definitely want to check that out. Um, if you haven't taken our survey, it is pinned to the top of Facebook. I'll pin it on Twitter as well. Um, this is just our, our listener survey. Again, we would love to have some information from you. It only takes less than five minutes. It's ten questions. Super duper quick. And you get a chance to leave some feedback on the show. So that's that would be super helpful for us. Um, I know we keep talking about it, but Star Wars is coming up. Um, so keep an eye out for that. We'll probably have that coming to you within the next couple of days. And other than that, I do want to say thank you to Ryan Spriggs for producing this podcast and, uh, helping us out with everything. And also to Ryan Spriggs and Brandon Aristed for our awesome, awesome, awesome theme music. Until then, we will see you guys next week. Talk to you then. (laughs) Canolis that took a long time okay every
1: moment spent with you is a moment i treasure forever and ever i, I don't, don't want to close, close my eyes i don't want to fall asleep because i'd miss you baby and i don't, don't want to miss, miss a thing because even when i dream of you <laughs> the sweetest dream would never do you coming in I still miss you, baby, and I don't Don't want to miss (laughs) a thing. It's beautiful. It killed it.